0: Adult content intended for an adult audience only. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. Contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link above to further support this writer. A Shepherd in France Chapter 19 by Byrne Redstone It was decided at breakfast the next morning that this day would make up for the missed shopping trip to Nice. The women in his party plus Chanel would leave shortly after breakfast. The new members of their party, Karen and Penny, had to stick around Ken as they might be called upon by the police to identify Shacker's customers though both claimed he locked them in their room when he did his business dealings. As they heard Ben was going to relax up on the rooftop pool deck they were delighted to join him. Daniel also wanted to play in the pool so he was staying behind as well as she wasn't in her room when he called Ben left an invitation with the front desk for Margot to join him. He booked a cabana next to the pool and two extra lounge chairs so the ladies could get some sun. He saw the group off on their shopping extravaganza from the lobby and Chanel formally apologized for the injury she'd caused him the previous night. He assured her he wasn't upset and wished them all luck. He grinned seeing the excitement on Catherine's face. She rushed back and gave him another kiss before she skipped after her group. He and Daniel headed for the roof. Ben settled himself on the large queen-sized lounge bed in the cabana but left his shirt on to avoid the stairs his scars drew. Daniel made straight for the pool. He had the young man in his line of sight and there was a lifeguard on duty so he felt comfortable resting his eyes occasionally. It was during one of these restful moments when he heard a lull in the normal background conversation level from the other guests. Curious, he opened his eyes and saw Karen and Penny walking towards the cabana in their new swimsuits. They had their new Hollywood shades on and their bikinis were straining to contain their ample breasts. Each had a colorful and sheer wrap over their bikini bottoms, and he saw their shoes had heels that were still a little higher than might be practical for beachwear. From their smiles he could tell that they were both happy so he just smiled back at them. Are these for us? Karen asked, pointing to the two lounge chairs before the cabana. Ben nodded and they set their stuff down between the chairs. Ben wondered where they'd got the beach bag but knew the resourcefulness of the ladies he was traveling with had likely taken care of it. Ben relaxed once more and let the soothing sounds of the pool area take his tensions away. The last major worry he'd had was getting identification for both Karen and Penny. He'd contacted his lawyer back in the States and left him a long detailed message on beginning an identity search, discreetly, and to get started on establishing some identification for both. He authorized the man to bring in any resources he deemed required. That taken care of he hoped he could just enjoy the rest of his vacation. A waiter came by and Ben ordered some pineapple juice. The waiter spent far more time with the two ladies and he finally left with their orders. Ben was beginning to nod off when he heard a noise. Ben, said two voices, almost in harmony. It was the almost part that was jarring. He opened his eyes and looked at Karen and Penny who were both smiling at him. Yes? Could you put suntan lotion on us? Karen asked while Penny had a coy smile. No both ladies froze in surprise. That wasn't the answer they were expecting. No? Why not? Karen asked with a pout. Ben sat up and looked at the two ladies to ensure he had their attention. Because I'm defining our relationship in terms of what you need not what you want. You are both beautiful young women but you've had half of your lives stolen from you by a very bad man. I'm willing to help you regain what was taken from you but if you accept my help we will do it on my terms. Unlike how Shaka treated you, From me you will only receive honesty and respect. I expect the same from you. You aren't pets. You have far more potential than that. If you accept my help you will have a say in all matters that concern you. My role in your lives will not be that of lover. You won't flirt with me. You could think of me like an Uncle Dash. Father. Penny blurted, her eyes welling with tears. Ben smiled gently. Sure. Father works too. I will protect you, guide you and support you until you are able to take your lives under your own control. But like I said it's your choice. He looked at the two ladies and saw Karen was having more difficulty with the idea than Penny who seemed completely on board. Something you need to say Karen? You can say anything you want to me. He said gently. I liked it. Just the being taken care of part. Not having to make decisions. Her voice was a little shrill from fear. Come here. Ben said and Karen rushed to crawl up the lounge bed and press herself against his chest. She was trembling. I'm not throwing you into the deep end to see if you will sink or swim. We will do this together. Work out how much autonomy you can deal with every day until you are comfortable with taking charge of the important things in your life. When you have control over that, well, that would be the optimal time to find a boyfriend. He'll have to endure a grilling from me, but if he survives my interrogation then he may be worthy of you. Both women were grinning by that point and Penny rushed up onto the bed to hug him. Am I interrupting something? said a frosty voice. Ben looked up to see Margot standing rigidly at the end of the lounge bed. He sighed. Karen, Penny, this is Margot de la Cruz. Please tell her what I just told you. Karen looked a little confused but she spoke first. He won't rub suntan lotion on us and won't be our lover. Penny seemed to get the message a little clearer. Ben will help us get our lives back but as a father would. She beamed him a loving smile. Thank you. Now I think you can put on your own lotion and help each other do your backs. Ben shooed them off the bed. The two ladies grinned and moved quickly back to their lounge chairs. Ben looked at Margot who was struggling to regain her composure. She frowned and her bottom lip started to tremble. Come here, please, Ben said. The woman gracefully sat on the edge of the bed. Closer. She slid forward a few inches. Ben sighed and leaned back against the inclined cushions and lifted his left arm across the top of the pillows. Climb up here and tuck yourself against me so we can talk. You'll feel better. Dark brown eyes looked deeply into his then she moved closer and slowly lowered herself to the cushions and his side. Once her head was resting against his chest he felt her exhale and begin to relax. It's beautiful up here. I was just lying here listening to the sounds of the breeze and the water lapping in the pool, the kids playing and the happy murmur of the other guests talking and... I felt at peace. I've had a few moments like that on this vacation. I treasure those as I've had so many moments in my life that were the direct opposite of them. I'm learning to cherish the important moments. He moved his left arm down and cuddled Margot a little tighter against him. This feels like one of those moments too. You've just seen the ugly monster that lives within me. It is so eager to destroy every chance at happiness. How can you say you want me to be with you when you've seen it's evil? She said quietly, her voice trembling. You think you are the only one carrying monsters inside? We all have them to some degree. The trick is to recognize them as separate from who you are. Don't be defined by their actions and impulses. Own them, understand them but deny them their ability to make life decisions. To truly love someone is to accept them, monsters and all. Margot pressed her face against his chest and breathed in deeply. Her body was relaxing. They lay on the lounge bed together for a time, either speaking, both enjoying the simple comfort of human contact. The waiter returned with the drinks and Margot ordered one for herself. Once more the waiter tried to flirt with the ladies but both glanced at Ben and saw his raised eyebrow. They turned back to the waiter and politely denied his request to meet them later. Dejectedly, the man moved off. Margot chuckled. You are doing it again. What? He asked with a smile. Unconscious dumb behavior. She looked up at him with annoying smile. Not this time. That was a you're not ready for dating and he's not worthy of you look. Dad stuff. He rumbled. Margot pushed herself up on one elbow to stare into Ben's eyes with surprise. You're serious. You're really going to treat these women like your daughters? It's what they need most right now. The stuff they've gone through? They didn't deserve. The stuff they missed out on? I can help with that. How? How can you afford to do all this? You told me you were a semi-retired mechanic? She asked incredulously. Ben snorted and began to laugh. Once he got control of that he smiled at her confusion. Mechanical engineer. I make stuff. Solve engineering issues. Invent things to make other things work or work better. I get patents on the things I make. I get royalties for those I license others to manufacture, and sometimes I sell the design outright. You're rich, she said with a quiet intense voice. Ben looked around. I do all right. So you're not after my money? Margot smiled as she rested her chin on his chest to look up at his face. He grinned. No, I'm not. You're some kind of millionaire playboy? She teased. Ben snorted. Definitely not. Good. The waiter arrived with a wireless phone. I'm terribly sorry to interrupt, but you have a call. Ben and Margot sat up, and he took the phone. Ben Shepard. Ah, Mr. Shepard. This is Marcus from the front desk. You have visitors. The Noscoff family? They say you rescued their twin daughters. Shall I send them up? To the rooftop patio? Ben asked. Yes, sir, they could meet you in the restaurant. Marcus indicated. Ah, sure, okay. Very good, sir. They will be right up. The phone went dead. He handed it back to the waiter who nodded and left. Uh, I have to go greet the family of the twins I found the other night. Could you give me a moment? He asked. She nodded with a smile and Ben walked over to the elevator doors. When they opened four people were inside. First was a shorter man, maybe five feet four inches but broad in the shoulders and fit. His hair was either prematurely graying or he was slightly older than Ben. He had a square jaw and sharp blue eyes which took in the surroundings before he stepped out and allowed his family to follow. His wife was tall and slim, a good twenty years younger than her husband and at least four inches on him. She was lovely and had lips made for smiling though she looked a little strained and tired now. Then came the two lovely girls, blonde like their mother and likely to inherit her height and looks. Their eyes were currently scanning everywhere but stopped when they spotted him. The two began to chatter immediately and point excitedly towards him. Ben stepped forward awkwardly and smiled. Hello, I'm Ben Shepard. He held his hand out. The man stopped and looked up at him. Something passed across his face and the man's jaw flexed. He shook Ben's hand then he pulled him into a fierce hug which caught Ben by surprise. Then the wife joined the hug and the kids right after. Ben was beginning to feel a little overwhelmed. The man was the first to recover and pulled back. He dabbed at his eyes with a handkerchief. His wife stepped back and Ben patted the two girls' heads then with a word from their father they joined their mother. I am Nikolai Naskov. This is my wife Galina and our girls Mika and Rosa. They are our miracle children and more precious to us than anything in the world. We had almost lost hope of ever finding them again. I cannot express the gratitude we feel for your rescuing them and bring them back to us. Ben was squirming under their admiring looks so he tried to deflect. It was the police who really rescued them and brought them to you. They deserve your praise more than me. Your modesty proves your quality of character. Nikolai gushed. It is almost lunchtime. Please let me buy you lunch. Oh. Uh, sure, but I should bring my companions if we are going to have lunch. Ben said. Please bring them. The man said with a smile. They walked to the entrance of the restaurant, and Ben asked for a large table. The host nodded and led the Noskov family to the table while Ben went to gather his people. He got Daniel out of the pool and let the two ladies know it was lunchtime. Margot. Would you please join us for lunch? This family is very nice and wants to show their gratitude by buying lunch. They invited all of us. Ben asked. She saw the need in his eyes so she nodded and he relaxed. She wondered what caused his discomfort. The group followed Ben to the restaurant and over to the table. Nikolai and Galina stood and tried not to gawk at Karen and Penny and everyone shook hands and said their hellos as introductions were made. Ben leaned forward to address the parents. Karen and Penny were captives of Rashid Shaker since their early teens. I found them locked in a bedroom off the room your children were kept in. Nikolai's and Galena's faces went white. They were looking at the potential, eventual end result of their children's abduction. Karen looked upset. Why are they looking at us like that? They don't mean to upset you. It's just that the idea of losing your children for such a long time is horrifying to a parent. I should have found a better way to make that introduction. My apologies. Ben felt terrible for making everyone feel bad. Mr. Shepard is right. We would have missed our daughters very much and are so grateful this was prevented. Galena said diplomatically. Karen felt better but Ben saw worry in Penny's eyes. Talk quickly made its way to occupations and Ben learned that Nikolai's company, which he ran with his brother Andre, touched on a lot of different industries. Ben realized that he'd done work with the Nazkovs before. I designed a new drill bit for one of your mining companies. Reduced the creation of dust which meant less water needed to control the dust. Less pollution. Less energy consumption for pumping. Less cost. Ben smiled. That was you? Nikolai said incredulously. Yes. I saw the request on the engineering boards and thought it looked like a good challenge. Ben beamed in Margot finally. Truly got what Ben did for a living. They ate lunch and talked about travel. Ben having only France to mention but Margot and the Naskovs had traveled far more extensively. When lunch was done, everyone stood to say their goodbyes and Ben noticed Nikolai was still nervously scanning the room. Sorry, I can't help noticing you seem to be looking for someone to jump out at you. Ben said to Nikolai who nodded, I have made a pest of myself with the police so they no longer will speak to me. I understand they have yet to catch that monster. They may make another attempt to take my children. The man said quietly only for Ben to hear. Ben looked at the man. They didn't tell you? What? He's dead. Last night. Both he and his bodyguard were shot dead. Ben said and Nikolai grabbed his arm. Is this true? Where did you hear this? Nikolai gasped and Galina moved closer to hear, a hopeful look on her face. Seeing the desperation in their eyes, Ben made a decision. He looked over at the boy. Daniel, did you transfer the files from last night? Daniel looked at him seriously and nodded. Can you go get your tablet? Daniel nodded again and raced away. This isn't to go beyond us. Is that understood? It could cause a lot of grief for a police officer that put her career on the line for us. Ben said sternly, and the couple nodded. A minute later Daniel returned with the tablet, the video queued for viewing. On our way back from dinner last night our group was stopped by Shakir and his bodyguard. Daniel had his camera and filmed the encounter. Nikolai and Galina were wide-eyed with shock as they looked between Ben and Daniel. Ben handed Nikolai the tablet, and he and his wife leaned close and watched the video. It was shot around the legs of someone so the picture wasn't always on target, but it was sharp and pretty clear. The audio was perfect. Nikolai and Galina both jumped when the bodyguard was shot, and they watched in shock as Shakir was sent to the ground with a single bullet. Nikolai handed the tablet back with trembling hands. Shaker fell but was he killed? Nikolai growled. Yes. The bullet hit him in the neck and destroyed his jaw. He bled out in minutes. Ben explained. Minutes? The man said hopefully. He had time to suffer and look into the eyes of the woman who killed him. I take great pleasure in that fact. Ben had a grim but satisfied expression. The father shared that smile. Nikolai looked at his wife. You heard what that man said on the video. Even if we had paid the ransom they had no intention of returning them as they could sell the twins. Truly, these were evil men. Galina stepped forward and kissed Ben on the cheek. You will always be welcome in our home. You may call upon the Noskovs should you ever need our help. Nikolai nodded, sharing his wife's conviction. He shook Ben's hand one more time. The twins came over and each took one of Ben's hands. They pulled him down to their level then kissed his cheeks. He grinned at them. With a final wave they left. Ben gestured for his group to head back to the pool. Daniel made a quick trip to his room to take his tablet back first. Once everyone was back in the places they'd been before the call Margot looked up at Ben. Do you make friends and enemies everywhere you travel? I hope I can skip the enemies part on my next trip. If they let me take one, that is. You know how protective women can be. Ben joked. You have many protective women already around you. Why haven't any of them tried to marry you to keep you to themselves? Wouldn't that be the ultimate protection? She asked with a coy smile. Actually, I am engaged to one. Tina. She's pregnant. Ben said. Margot's face registered a number of unpleasant expressions finishing with rage. Why didn't you tell me this from the beginning? She exploded. The marriage is for the child and security for Tina. Protection against our society's issues with unwed mothers and fatherless children. It doesn't nullify my love for Gabriella, Catherine, or Trish, nor does Tina want me to change who I am. The pregnancy was a miracle, beating almost impossible odds. I cherish that. Margot still looked skeptical and was breathing hard. Gabriella and Catherine suggested the marriage. Basically told me I should do it as it made sense. They also told me that they weren't giving me up. Our relationship has been stronger since that day. Margot now looked confused. Are you reconsidering your proposal? Was there a hidden or eventual exclusivity clause in there? Ben asked. Her pretty brows furrowed. No. No, I never intended to ask for an exclusive relationship. As I explained, the infrequency of my visits precludes that. What if you find that you want or need to increase the frequency? Your schedule will likely take precedence when it's infrequent, but if that changes there may be conflicts. How will you deal with that? Ben asked gently. It's something you need to think about. Her beautiful dark eyes looked troubled, but she shook her head. If it works at all, I would learn to accept the others. So, how does my name on a piece of paper change things for you? Ben asked. Won't you be taking an oath with Tina? She asked. Yes, to love, honor, and cherish her forever. There will be no clause in that oath that demands exclusivity. Ben explained. She seemed to reach an epiphany that the circumstances hadn't really changed. This brings me back to my proposal, Dash. Yes. He smiled. Be serious. She scolded, looking uncertain. I am. Completely. I really like you and I think you're breathtakingly beautiful. Will this turn into love? Maybe. We'll have to get to know each other better. Maybe you'll discover I'm a muscle-bound fool. Maybe I won't be able to get past how you hog all the sheets in bed. The future is full of maybes but I'd like to find out. But you should know one thing before you capture my heart. She tilted her head up to hear this thing. I don't fall out of love. I go full commitment when I fall in love. I'm still in love with my wife who ultimately betrayed and left me and I'm still carrying that pain. Does that make me a muscle-bound fool? Maybe. But that's my secret. That's why Gabriella and Catherine both feel comfortable being in love with me. They know I love them and it's permanent for me. If you don't feel you can make such a commitment, please let me know before I fall in love. Spare me carrying that pain, too. I want permanent love as well. Let us see if love develops between us. In the spirit of honesty, I am fine with the muscle-bound part but not so much the fool. She teased and he smiled. Margot tilted her head to look at him. We will have our romantic dinner tonight. Sounds lovely. Ben smiled. Now, if you don't mind, I need to do a cannonball in the pool next to Daniel. Margot laughed at the joyful look on Ben's face as he rushed to the side of the pool and made a mighty splash next to the young man who shrieked with laughter. He hadn't even taken his shirt off. Ben played with Daniel in the pool for an hour until they both got tuckered out. They got out and dried off and Ben flopped down on the lounge bed. He smiled at Daniel's back as he sat cross-legged at the end of the bed staring out over the pool. He looked over at Margot and she dipped her head down and captured his mouth with hers. Sparks shot through his body as her sensual lips caressed his. She pulled back and smiled down at him. I think I will enjoy getting to know you better. Meet me at my room at 8 p.m. tonight, she asked. I'll be there. Ben smiled. She got up and said goodbye to Daniel and the ladies. She walked away as Ben watched. She knew his eyes were on her, and that gave her a tingle in a good place. Ben rested his head back, and the next thing he felt was someone running their fingers gently through his hair. He opened his eyes slowly and saw Gabriella sitting on the edge of the bed looking down at him with love in her eyes. Hey beautiful, he whispered. Then he noticed Daniel curled up against him asleep. He smiled and felt Gabriella's lips against his temple. I love you, Ben. She whispered. I love you too, Gabriella. He whispered back. How did it go with Margot? She asked. She's a woman of strong emotions but she's intelligent and is coming around. Telling her about Tina set her temper off but she stayed to listen as I explained. We're going to dinner tonight so we can work out some final details. God, I make it sound like we are negotiating a business deal. We're going to try. If we are compatible then maybe it will work. I asked her your question about issues that might arise if she needs to increase the frequency of her visits. She said that if it works at all for her with infrequent visits she will have gotten over the idea of there being others. I also asked her not to try if she wasn't willing to make the effort to commit. I won't do anything that would jeopardize what we have. Thank you Ben. Gabriella said. Please, none of this would have been possible without you. I would have self-destructed months ago without your guidance and love. You are the foundation upon which my life and love grows. Ben took her hand and held it to his cheek and kissed her palm. I will always love you, Gabriella. Know that. I do. She smiled with tears of joy welling in her eyes. She looked at her son, sleeping so peacefully against Ben. Her heart felt like it might burst with happiness. It was time to wake him up so he could get ready for dinner. She leaned over Ben and whispered in Daniel's ear. A smile slowly spread across the boy's face though his eyes remained closed. Hi mom. He murmured and stretched. Hi dad dash. His eyes snapped open as he looked at Ben in embarrassment. Ben and Gabriella were looking at him with surprised smiles. Sorry Ben. No, that's alright. I should be so lucky. Ben said and Daniel blushed with a pleased smile struggling to come out. Let's go sleepyhead. You need to get cleaned up for dinner. We are going out for Chinese food tonight. Gabriella teased her son whose eyes lit up at the mention of one of his favorite kinds of food. Ben got up as well and looked to Karen and Penny who had somehow procured a deck of cards and were playing some kind of game. They glanced over at Ben and saw he was getting up. they packed up their stuff and were ready to leave when he was. They all shared the elevator to go back to their rooms but when they got off the elevator Karen snagged Gabriella's sleeve. Could we speak with you and Ben in private? Penny asked. Gabriella nodded and sent Daniel on ahead to get ready. The rest went to Ben's room. Ben and Gabriella sat on the couch and the two ladies took the chairs facing them. Ben told us today that he will take care of us, help us make lives but we can't flirt or have sex with him. Penny said bluntly and Ben blushed while Gabriella smiled at him. Penny continued. When we had lunch with the nice Russian family with the twins Ben rescued, they looked at us like we were hideous. Are we ugly? Karen's lower lip was trembling and her eyes were glassy. Gabriella leaned forward. No. Not at all. You are both very beautiful. Then why did they look at us like that? Karen wailed and began to cry. Ben realized they hadn't completely accepted the answer he and Galena had given them. The couple's reaction to their physical appearance had been too obvious. Gabriella reached out and Karen crossed over to be held by the woman. Gabriella made soothing noises and looked at Penny, who also looked upset. Ben opened his arms and Penny went to him. She was trembling as he held her. Gabriella sent him a sad look. Let me be very clear. You're both very beautiful. Certain aspects of your beauty have been emphasized, and the Naskovs were just envisioning their daughters being changed in a similar way by Shaker. They're just children. No parent wants to see their children grow up. Did Shaker ask you if you wanted to have these medical procedures? Ben explained. Both women shook their heads. Was it painful? Gabriella asked. Both nodded emphatically. Gabriella and Ben gave them firm hugs. No parent wishes for their children to experience that. Gabriella said gently, Men look at us differently than they do at you or Catherine, or Margot. Penny said to Gabriella, You're all beautiful, but their faces don't look the same as they do when they look at us. Ben looked at Gabriella with a concerned expression. He wasn't sure how to deal with that without hurting their feelings. She smiled at him. Men are drawn to beauty. They can't help it. Women are too, to be fair, but for men there's a drive to mate. Your beauty was emphasized with these operations and some of the changes send a very strong mating message. A message you're not intending to send but it's there. That message can be toned down but it would mean another operation. You'll still be beautiful and men will still desire you. That's just a burden we have to bear. She grinned at them and got them to smile as well. Whatever you choose to do I will support your decision. Ben said. They nodded and smiled at him. Now, it's time to get ready for dinner. Do you like Chinese food? Gabriella asked. The two women looked at each other. We've never had it. Then you're in for a treat, Ben said and everyone smiled. Gabriella left after getting hugs from the ladies and a kiss from Ben. Karen and Penny closed the bedroom door to shower and change. Ben had time before his dinner date so he opened his laptop and did some banking, transferring funds to pay off credit card charges and checking on a few other outstanding items. Most of his payments were automatic withdrawals so they didn't need managing but he tracked them anyway. He checked his email and saw a note from his lawyer informing him that the background check was proceeding but it might take some time as records were not so good. He was also looking into the legal procedures for establishing new identification records. Ben would have to talk to Karen and Penny about that. Then he spotted an email from his neighbor, Barry Walker. The old gentleman Ben helped with his leaves and snow shoveling. He lived next to Daphne and the twins and Ben rarely saw him and his wife Phoebe. He didn't know the man even had a computer. He read the message. Dear Mr. Shepard, I hope this note finds you well and recovered from your recent injuries. I also hope you don't mind but I got your address from Daphne McKellen. When I spoke with her she said it would be okay. It is my understanding that you have purchased a number of the houses in our neighborhood. As you have been a good neighbor to Phoebe and I for so many years I would like to offer you the opportunity to purchase our home before we put it on the market. Phoebe's sister has finally been convinced to move to Florida so we will be moving to our condo there permanently in a few weeks. Please let me know if you are interested at your earliest convenience so we may discuss the details. Your Neighbors Barry and Phoebe Walker Ben read the date on the message and saw it was two days ago. He immediately wrote a response thanking him, indicated he was definitely interested, that he would be home in a few days, and to contact Shelly Spencer to work out the details in the meantime. Ben knew Trish's cousin would ensure the Walkers would get a reasonable price for their home. He cc'd Shelly on the message so Barry would have the email address and the woman would be in the loop. He sent a separate note to Shelley, letting her know roughly how much he was willing to go and to inform him if that wasn't accepted. Feeling upbeat from this delightful news, he was grinning broadly when Karen and Penny exited from the bedroom. Wow. You two look great. Brightly colored tops over tight black leggings and their customary high-heeled shoes, but not quite as high. The design and pattern on the top subtly de-emphasized the size of their breasts so they both looked a little nervous as it was not their typical style. Ben stood and walked over to look at their new outfits appreciatively. Truly, this is a smart look for you both. Very stylish and lovely, Ben said honestly. They gave him happy hugs and a kiss on the cheek then headed out. It was time for Ben to get ready for his date.